What a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom-and-pop video store killer, the corporate big-choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Talkbuster podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. Um, you can find me on shows like this, Shooting the Shit, The Chipman Brothers Tangent, and a myriad of other things that I do. Before I get into my very, very special guests, I think this could be one of the first, if not the first, Talkbuster with more than one guest. I'm going to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. You are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collaborating Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott R. Curie, Shore Hansen, Gustead, and The Geeks with Shields. Thank you, Axel Ulrich and Slagathor, for your continued support. This show, you know what? I'm going to say this episode is brought to you by The Last Blockbuster Documentary, which just about a week ago premiered on Netflix. Um, everybody believes Netflix made the movie is kind of a dig to Blockbuster. Um, they did not, but it's making great numbers and has been in the top 10 to top 5 trending in the United States on Netflix. And Taylor Morden and Zeke Cam and Sandy Harding and other people involved in the movie have been guests on this show. And um, I really appreciate their support and I appreciate their movie and I'm glad so many more of you are learning about it. Um, and with that, I have a returning guest to this show. Stefan, how's it going, bud? It's going great. And don't forget, I'm credited in the last blockbuster. You are. You're, you're, you're at the end credits because you were a uh, that was. It's awesome. really surreal. I love the. I love that I could find that clip from The Simpsons. Oh, I thought that Bart, was. I, I immediately thought of that. Like that's what's gonna be like. There's my name. Right there. That one and the Mike Wazowski one from Monsters Inc. Where he's like, "You see me in the commercial," and then the Monsters Inc. insignia covers his whole face. I can't believe it. I'm on TV. <laughs> I love yeah, it. We got to watch that, Michael, sometime. 
Yeah, no, definitely. So it's really fun. And, and look at that transition into our guest. I'm um, going cross podcast. Michael has been on a bunch of episodes of shooting the shit and our fighting film segment in particular. And Michael, this is your first foray into Talkbuster, So welcome. Thank you. Yep. Looking forward to it. So um, you, those of you who have listened before know the gist of the show and know Stefan's story as far as it um, pertains to, you know, video rental in his childhood. But Michael, um, you know, let's set this up. What's your history with, with video stores and video rental? Well, I mean, um, so I'm, you know, slightly older than you guys, um, Stefan. Uh, you know, I was born in 76, so I'm a little bit older. So I have uh, a farther back history to where um things like where you had to rent the vcr you know and things like oh, that. oh yeah mm. so i'm yeah so i have a lot of a lot of history with uh, movie rental uh stores because uh, i pretty much go back to when they first started i probably in the you know in the 80s sometime i don't know exactly when the uh movie rental stores started but yeah well blockbuster was 85 Okay. Yeah, Blockbuster was 85, and if you, I forget the exact date, but if you read Alan Payne's book, he was the uh, Alaska Blockbuster franchisee that was with the company for almost the entire time. Um, he he has a whole chapter about that, and it was something like the late 70s is when it got patented, like the idea mm-hmm. to like have it, and um, it took a while for them to catch on because the movie companies outwardly tried to stop them from existing. And then by the mid eighties, it became one of their highest profit margins. So it's kind of a funny catch 22. When you think of. Oh, it's, it was pretty major, you know, some, one of the top two or three things that uh, you would do on any given weekend would be uh, at the movie. Hey, Michael, we, we lost you a bit there. It sounded like something Sorry. popped. Oh, let me see if, if I bumped anything or... I don't think I hit the mute button, so I apologize. No, it just... You, you, there was like a little like fuzz, and then you got really quiet. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah long story short, just that... Um, you know, yeah, the, back in the 80s, I mean, pretty much the thing to do on the weekend, you know, was was rent a movie and or rent a VCR, you know, if you go back to the early to mid 80s. So um, it was a major pastime for a lot, most of America, I think. That's wild. I remember um, even when I started working at Blockbuster in 2001, no one rented them anymore, but we still had um, the boxes with the VHS players for rent in the back in case somebody needed one. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I remember my, so my, my brother-in-law, Jesse, um, lived out on a farm in, uh, Western Minnesota, Southwestern Minnesota. And so he, uh, they didn't have a VCR and he talked about like this one time they rented a VCR to watch with, the original, uh, the first live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, hell yeah. And how they couldn't get the tracking to work, and how bummed out he was, and all like, that's, like, the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that, that actually gives me a little bit of, like, shaky flashbacks to, oh, no, it's not gonna play! And I then know. you hear it start eating it, and you're like, no, no! Oh. 
now I'm going to owe Blockbuster $120. <laughs> yep. Now, so, so Michael, do you remember or can you remember the name of or describe the first video store you recall in your life? You know, uh, I don't because, I mean, it, it, at some point it was just, you know, my parents and I had siblings that were seven, eight, nine, ten years older than I was. So either my parents or my older siblings would go rent the uh, the VCR a lot of times and, and just bring something kid-like home for me and my twin brother to watch right and uh so but yeah so the first time i probably went um you know something like mr movies or video update to video vision there's a few different um video chains that i remember i can't remember which one was first um because i actually lived in the inner city i lived in east side of saint paul as a younger kid and then as an older kid we moved to the suburbs and i lived in a northeastern suburb wiper lake and so um wiper lake i remember more clearly it was video updated mr movies and um blockbuster was actually in the twin cities was later to be honest um yep yeah the other chains were here uh before blockbuster was kind of uh the last one to enter our market or to enter the neighborhoods i lived in i should say yeah, I had the same thing. Blockbuster, we did we saw the commercials, but we didn't know about Blockbuster around here until the mid 90s, I'd say, is when they started cropping up. Um which is interesting. I'm sure Boston had them and stuff like that, but you know, we're we're a few towns north and you know, mm. I remember them building the building that the Blockbuster came in and I must have been 10. So that would have been 94. So Oh, cool. There were a lot of cool video stores, and I, I feel like I miss video stores that were weird. You know what I mean? Like, you hear people describe, since it was a, a budding thing and there wasn't really an industry for it because everybody was, you know, kind of doing it under the, oh, this could get banned soon, so we got to strike while the, you know, iron's hot. It was more like um, a comic shop. Like, it was more of like a, oh, this is where the weird people go, you know? And so they were they were dark and... Um, and I remember being a kid and like my dad would take us to this video store, which then was a comic shop and now is a gym store, which is kind of silly, but it was right near where the blockbuster ended up being in Peabody. And they like, the place was just dark and weird and it was full of cigarette and cigar smoke. Cause you know, it was the eighties and, um, all of the cases were like that faux leather, like, you know, like, um, it, it it just smelled like some creepy guy's study. You know what I mean? And mm. and the lighting was dark and they had, you know, one of those tricolor projectors that never really aligned right. So, and they'd play like old cowboy movies and the color wasn't quite right. And it just, I can picture it like it was yesterday. And God, that, that store closed down when I was like eight. So that's crazy. But um, I don't know. It just there's something about it, right? And and Blockbuster definitely, uh, Blockbuster was definitely able to harness a lot of that. But their whole thing was we're the bright, not weird place. Um, so I, I've talked to people from Mister Movies and you, you know those other places, but um, you know that's so cool, like that you know you have those memories of those ones, and that a couple of them are still around, right? Um. Yeah, at least video. Know, what was it? Video Universe, Stefan. 
Yeah. One? Yeah, that's oh, the, la- the last uh, movie. Uh, I like to call them, you know, video store because they're not, you know, they don't do just videos. It's mostly DVDs. Right, right. You know, the, movie, the movie, rental. Rental. movie yeah. rental. Yes. Yeah, movie rental. Um, I guess they do TV now, too. So, you know, call it what oh, you yeah. want. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're the only one left in the Metro, Twin Cities Metro. So crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Michael, did did you end up working at a video store? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I, um, I was, it was it was like in the right after you, so probably um, two thousand spring of two thousand two. I was, you know, struggling to find full time employment, and so I ended up getting like multiple part time jobs. So I ended up working actually at one point at three jobs: Blockbuster, Walmart, and Walgreens. <laughs> oh my lord! So what what really, a trifecta! Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting, and so I'd rush from one job to the other one, and I wouldn't count my days off. I'd count my hours off between my next shift and whatever my next job was going to be. <laughs> oh, my God. We we had a couple yeah. of guys that worked um, because Blockbuster was open so much later than everywhere else. They worked, you know, uh, this guy Alvin, he, he worked – the first shift in the morning, so like at six in the morning, he worked in an auto body shop until like noon. And then he worked at Shaw's from one to nine. And then he came and helped us close the store. His shift was 10 to one at Blockbuster. And he was just so dead by the time that he got to us. Like, I have no idea how he did it. Yeah, no, that's the shift I worked. Actually, I worked the, the closing shift. Um, you know, at Blockbuster. So that um, that's, that was my preferred shift anyway. Um, you know, I'm kind of a night owl, so I prefer, you know, late morning to late evening jobs versus early morning. So, yep, it fit my schedule. Nice. Now, were you were you a customer at that particular Blockbuster before you worked there? Or was this just like, I know, um, I, I think a video store is a cool idea, so I'm going to work. Oh yeah, no, I had been a customer there and, and, um, yeah. So I just, it just was like, well, you know, where's a nice, you know, cause my theory with, you know, pretty much my whole life for that matter is if I'm going to take on, you know, a part-time job that doesn't pay well, I want to work someplace darn close to home. So yep. the blockbuster video was, you know, less than a mile from my house. So, you know, I was, it was a pretty easy choice like oh because i had a i mean i'm not as big a movie buff as as you and stefan but i definitely have you know lots of uh movie favorites and favorite actors and things and so it uh it wasn't necessarily that oh you know it was my at the time wasn't necessarily my huge passion i mean i liked movies you know i rented them like i said pretty much every weekend from the early 80s until i started working there so for 20 years i had been a huge renter of movies but um uh yeah just like i said it was it was nice and close and and uh i thought it might be cool to get free movie rentals and things like that you know so nice nice do you um oh man do do you remember were you you in a corporate or a franchise store um you know i don't remember um 
at this point, I want to say it was corporate. Yeah, it, it it's it's hard to find. The franchises were oddly more spread out than they seemed like they would be. They, as it sounded from talking to Alan and other people, I didn't realize, but the a corporate district would get a franchise or two, but the franchises usually box themselves all together. Would have ten particular area, and mm-hmm. they said uh, Blockbuster had a way of like pushing out their own franchise. That was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, does, yeah, I, I want to say it was a corporate store, though. Yeah. Nice. If 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 they didn't let you do fun things like have an employee favorite section and stuff like that, then it was a corporate store. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, it definitely wasn't uh, employee friendly, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had to fight to make it that way. We had a... Um, Oh, put everything fun away before uh, the district leaders come in, and then we put it all back. Well, it's so disgusting. Yeah, it was, it, and it it it's so weird, right? Because you talk about like, what what were some of your favorite things about working there, Michael? Right, like you, you know, it wasn't the cleanliness and like the everybody wearing the same color and having the right slacks and shoes and the movies being perfect, right? Like, what what was fun about working at Blockbuster? Well, I mean, I've always been kind of customer service oriented, so I always like to, um, you know, to help people find things, you know, so I'd help them find movies or help them pick out, you know, a good movie choice. Like I said, it wasn't necessarily the all-time biggest movie buff, but I knew, you know, a fair amount about most, a lot of movies, and so I felt like I could be helpful to people who were, you know, hey, I want to see a movie with this actor in it and, and preferably this you know, theme a movie, and then I would say, "Well, how about this, or how about that?" So I, um, you know, and obviously, the longer you work there, the more you you got better at that. Um, but like I said, in my case, since I had three jobs, I I never was uh, you know, I was never full time or anything, or and I never worked in management. Uh, you know, being that I was just there so so uh, you know, 10, 15 hours a week probably. But it was still fun to do and fun helping people. Uh, you know, think of something good to watch on their, you know, weekend off of work. Right. It's such a thing to think about, like that people would want to go out and talk to another human being about what they should buy or rent. And yet yeah. we had people like the customers enjoyed it the same way. Like I had people that would come in looking for specific employees to be there. Like, yep. you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Like, and we, there's nothing, there's nothing. Like I I talked to someone the other day and they said the only thing that even close to compares is the small group of not awful people on Twitter, you know, where you can like have a conversation and get like a good conversation out of it with like-minded people that want to help, you know, and want to like, you know, help cultivate what you want to know about and what you're geeky about or what you're into and that there's no gatekeeping or BS. That was, that was a cool thing about a blockbuster, right? There was no, like, I didn't feel like I was there to stop people from enjoying what they enjoy. It was there to help them find more of it. Exactly. Yep. You know, yeah, a lot of times people would come in without, without even knowing having a movie in mind and, and would rely on us to help them find one or, or figure out something good to watch that night. Right. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any um, like big releases that happened during your time there that you just remember like being like, wow, like thinking back on, you know, that 20, 30 years later and going, damn, like I saw that go down, you know, um, 
because I, I just there were so many of like you know like the Lord of the Rings, you know things like that that just came out and people went ape shit for them, and I don't think people understand how much product a blockbuster got in for a new movie. It wasn't like, you know, oh, we'll get 10 of this and hopefully, you know, we'll have enough. It's like, no, 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 no. You have walls of them, <laughs> you know? Do you remember some yeah, that big... Was, that was my favorite, uh, one of my favorite parts about Blockbuster is, you know, my recollection is that they had, you know, a, you know like you're saying, a reasonable amount of, of a product, whereas years past, in the early years, you know, you go someplace and have, they'd have one or two copies or... You know, they'd have they didn't have a lot of uh, copies of a you know stuff. You didn't get there early. You you missed out. Absolutely. Did mm-hmm. um, did you guys meet each other when when Michael was working at Blockbuster? Uh, no, it wasn't until uh, years later when we were working for the uh, the DFL in Minnesota. Oh, cool, awesome. Yeah. I just wasn't I wasn't sure because you know, so. Mm-hmm. Michael, was it you were there two thousand two? Did you say did you say how long? Was this a few years you did this or was it just yeah, a few until two thousand five, I wanna oh. say. Oh wow, okay. So you oh, yeah. a, a bit of a while. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was a nice uh, you know, uh, part time job. Like I said, I was only worked, you know, usually, you know, one to three shifts a week and uh so yeah, it was just kind of nice to p- pick up an occasional shift and get a you know Pretty, you know, just pretty much to make sure I had a a third paycheck every t- every payday, you know. So yeah, I liked closing shifts because they were like a battle. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like when you're there in the daytime shift, it's like planning for a storm, particularly on like a Friday or a Saturday. But there was something that felt great about coming in for that closing shift and like them changing over the drawers and like tagging you in and being like, "All right, we got this. The storm's coming," <laughs> you know, and then you just let the floodgates open up it was i don't know if your store was busy but it was insane Friday yeah, i know it was, it was very busy i mean i i you know i definitely didn't fortunately didn't have to work too many of the crazy hour you know sometime you know right after dinner i didn't usually work that early in the evening i worked later in the evening because yeah i bet you from you know generally speaking from what five to 8 p.m. It was just a zoo, and uh, yep, it was not a place you wanted to be. So I was glad, like I said, I would work, um, you know, the nine or ten o'clock to, you know, twelve or one o'clock shifts, and I, I got to miss the the chaos part of it. You know, I still caught part you of it. You get to clean know. up the mess. <laughs> exactly, which I I was fine with that. It was uh, easier to clean up the mess than deal with customers yelling at me because we ran out of this or that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I loved every once in a while they would dangerously miscalculate and send us way too little because a movie didn't do well in the theater until you realize that people were just waiting. Yes. You know, Mm because that was still a new concept in the two thousands, right? Was the waiting like, you know, I don't know if, um, I mean, I know the three of us understand this, but in the early days, rental was the only way you could get something. So right. people still had it in their minds that, oh, I'll just wait for it to come out on rental. And rental was the only place. You couldn't buy it for six months to a year, if not at all. Like Spielberg and Lucas didn't even sell their movies. You know? Right. Like the, yeah. it was such a new concept. Like I remember during those early 2000s when Disney, because st- Disney would like wait two years to put one of their movies out on video. And then all of a sudden they were coming out in three months. 
And it was like, it just changed mm-hmm. the game. And people yes. started waiting. People didn't want to invest, you know, as much time and something would just clean up. It's like they were creating cult classics unintentionally. Right. Now, this store, you know, d- describe this blockbuster to me. And Stefan, did you ever rent at this one that he worked at? Do you know the area? Uh, no, I uh, I know the area, but I never rented. I, mean, I, I didn't live... I didn't live in the Twin Cities until uh, when we were working together in 2014. Gotcha. Okay, just making sure. Want to make sure I get the the full picture from both of you. So describe describe the area where this store is, because Blockbuster had a tendency to like to put stores in similar places, but you always got weird ones too. So it's always funny. Yeah. Like I had someone tell me oh, it was on the third floor of a building, and you're like, a bl- what? That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I've never I've never heard of that. Yeah, apparently that happened every once in a while. <laughs> like. Wow. They, I, I would imagine in like a New York or Boston type area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But but right. pa- paint me the picture, Michael. Like, what, was it in a parking lot with a bunch of other stores? Was it on its own? Like- no, it was a standalone building that was um, right next door to an Applebee's. Oh, let's see, it was right next door to a uh, Arby's, and then right next door to that was an Applebee's. Ah, uh, Arby's. Then, um, yes. The yeah, and it was right across the street from a food store, a grocery store, a grocery chain. Yeah, all right, so just like every other Blockbuster. Right. Couple fast places, a grocery store. Yeah. And Michael, which um, which uh, suburb was this in again? White Bear Lake, so it was right That's there. That's right, yeah. yeah, okay. White Bear Lake there, yeah, so yep. it was, um, you know, a very... You know, popular, you know, populated suburb, suburban town, and uh, yeah, we had lots of, um, you know, it was a very busy store. Yep. I can imagine. Were there a lot of other, um, either video stores or blockbusters around it? Uh, no, there blockbusters around it. There were uh, uh, competing stores. So again, video, video update, um, Mister Movies. Um, I. Oh yeah, Hollywood. Was there a Hollywood? Oh yeah, yep. Uh, what was that one? Yeah, yeah, Hollywood. Yep, that there was that chain. So there was competing competing stores, but no not um, no other close um, blockbuster within miles actually. Oh, cool, awesome. Now, um, did you have a camaraderie with the people that worked there? Did you guys like all get along and like, or was it kind of I come in, do my job, and I leave? Um, you know, I kind of like my life experience. I got along great with my coworkers, but you know, management was just, they were just awful. They were, yeah, they, they didn't understand what they had. It, they never liked the good employees. It was always they crazy. never, they never do. Oh, no, no, it was, it was painful. To, uh, I, I avoided them at all costs. I mean, they would just make a mountain out of, you know, even being one penny stored on your drawer and it would oh. be the end world i'm like oh seriously god oh it was frustrating yeah it's Which so much I like pressure a cashier um not to interrupt you i like being a cashier but i they made me not like it by the way they right and being <laughs> and being a cashier at a blockbuster was a blast right you know what i mean like it, it almost felt like i because everything was very similar you right. got like this like um you know like i don't know there was like a there was like a vibe to it, you know, like the, the job, as, as everybody said, it's a really, it was a really easy job to do from task wise. There wasn't a ton of different tasks, but yeah. it was a lot of fun to like make your own and be good at it. So like 
you'd have your own special way of running the movies back to the shelf, or you'd have your own way of organizing or your own way of pitching movies and talking to the customer. And I remember like when you had a long line and you're like the guy checking people out, you could make it fun. Like you'd get, you'd throw trivia out there or, you know, like figure out like, okay, you know, I'm going to get through the next five people before you do. And if, if I do, I'm, you have to buy me a Coke and you know, the customers would get in on it and like want to try to help. And I just remember enjoying that so much. And corporate hated that shit. They hated it. Oh yeah. You know, they just, what do you mean? You're, you're rushing. Like you need to sell them direct TV. I'm like, no, it's a Friday night. We're getting them out of here as quick as possible. (laughs) Like that's what we're going to do. Yes. That's, yeah, I had forgotten actually about that direct TV thing. Um, yeah. Oh that, yeah. What uh, sense does that ever make? That just yeah, that made no sense. <laughs> it's like we're 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 selling you a movie you have to take home and rent. What else are we selling you? A way that you won't have to rent movies. Well, right. What, what, yeah. Or rent rent from us. Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, it made sense later when Dish Network bought them. Okay, fine. Yeah, now now sell some dishes. I don't care. But where was the direct TV tie-in? It didn't make any sense. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's, and that baffled me. But I, yeah, I tried to avoid <laughs> dealing with that as much as I could. Did you guys what? ever um, hang out outside the store? Like I know, like around here, you know, the store is closed at prime time for late night diners and late night movies. So we would, you know, go hit up a like one a.m movie at the dollar theater and then go to Denny's and then wait for the sun to rise and go back to work. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's just about what time we got off. Cause yeah. Um, again, next door, there was um, an Applebee's. So that was open till one. So if, half if you, price apps at the bar. Half price apps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. did that. And otherwise we would go um, one mile down from there at the, exit south of that is uh, there's a 24 hour Perkins that we would go to. So what's those the two. Well, <laughs> Michael, <laughs> what's the Perkins? Um, a Denny's that thinks it's fancier than it really is. And upcharges. I love it. Are they still there? Oh, is yeah. That one- is that one still there? Perkins, oh, so you and I mean, still no. exist. I love the I. Oh yeah, yeah. But M- Michael, is is that Perkins still there? Yeah, the the Perkins. Yep, one mile south of the movie theater that uh, the rental place. Yeah, yep. You and I have eaten there. You know, and, and which, it's still there. Yeah. Which one is that? The, oh, is, is that the one? It's not the one by Target, is it? It's yeah. There's there's a Target on the other side of the freeway there. So yeah, it's. it's oh uh, oh yeah. So so Roseville. Yeah. Well, no, okay, yeah. to the to the um, Badness Heights Walmart uh, White Bear Lake um, uh, Perkins. So, because we're you know that's where I worked, just one mile north of that. So when it's members, so as soon as you get no, 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 have have we been to that Perkins? Yes, we have. Okay, um, is that the oh, I'm trying? Yeah, that's is it the, the one, one I made you go to when we were on our way up to the movie theater in White Bear Lake. Remember when we used to go to Imagine? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there, there was a Perkins that you and I would go to, that we would go to once in a while. Oh yeah, that was the time we went when there was like the um, the the kids that they sat like across across like pretty far away from us, and we could still like really smell them of weed. Like, oh, oh, oh. Was that the one? Is that the one, Michael? 
Yep, that's that's okay. Fun. Yeah, I remember now. Ne- never mind. Sorry. No, no, this is yeah. great. No, this is this is what the show's about, man. You guys yeah. are wasting time. So a Perkins, <laughs> a Perkins sounds like a lot of fun because I, I I love places like Denny's and places like that because Denny's was always that thing where you know exactly what you're getting. Like Denny's does yeah. not try to be anything other than the mm-hmm. Denny's, and sometimes sometimes you go, wow. Why does this taste better than I expect Denny's to? And then you realize you're just really tired. Not that Denny's is ever terrible, but it's just, it's a particular thing. But I always, like, we don't have a lot of stuff like that around here, strangely. A lot Mm -hmm. of, like, our late-night diners and stuff are mom and pops. So, and things being open 24 hours is a hard thing to come by around here because the cities aren't open 24 hours. So you don't really get people up late at night, which is weird. But, um, yeah, think about that for any, if you guys didn't know, come to Boston, our trains shut off at midnight. That's fun. Wow. Yeah. Bars close at one in the morning. It's just like, this doesn't make any sense. But, but anyway, um, I always found Waffle House, which we never had, but I went down south to be the funniest one because I went, wow, this place looks like a freaking shithole. Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's waffles. Uh it me up. Like, I'm like, I'm at a Waffle House and I'm like, oh my God, this is like a really good homemade breakfast. <laughs> the place looks like you're going to get tetanus in it, but the food is really good. <laughs> And those places are open 24 hours. They're all required to be. Uh, there's an, there was an urban legend that their doors didn't lock, but that's not true. Uh, yeah, how else are you going to, like, clean? I, I don't know. Oh, it, you know, around here, the 7-Elevens have started closing during COVID, which I think is mm-hmm. really weird, too. I've never seen a 7-Eleven close, but they close now. It's very strange. But, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah tons of things that have closed here in the twin cities that never used to close. We had our uh, Walmarts, Cub Foods, you, you name it, uh, stores, stores that used to be open 24 hours because of the, uh, you know, the virus. We've uh, absolutely don't have that anymore. Oh, I miss the 24 hour Walmart. There was only one. There was only one probably within a hundred miles. Mm-hmm. It was, um, it was in Salem, New Hampshire. And I was going to school in Lowell, which was 20 minutes from, the border and so we this is what we do on a friday night at school we drive up to new hampshire go out for chinese food get drunk and go hang out in the walmart for three hours and take videos and it was a riot (laughs) it was so much fun (laughs) i um uh yeah there's a it was a big walmart uh yeah they were 24 hours i don't know if they still are by the uh drive-in theater by um where Jess lives and we would go sometimes after we would see a movie and it'd be like, you know, two in the morning or, you know, later. And we would go, you know, cause yeah, nobody there. We'd go late at night and Jess would do her thing. And I like one time just, I grabbed, you know, some donuts like out of a, you know, case in the bakery. And I just walk around and I like, you know, I subconsciously just start eating them <laughs> without even realizing. And then I was like, Oh crap. You know, I'm like, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> it's just without <laughs> paying for them. <laughs> That's uh, and this yeah, this is fun. really like there's not much like it anymore and like you know i just think of how much time i spent up at that time of night because of blockbuster mm-hmm. you know and it just makes me really happy to like and a lot, a lot of people go oh you know there's some sadness to that too but it's like no no, no it, it just it makes me happy because it's like 
everybody was in tune. Like, you walk into a Denny's at 2 in the morning after coming out of Blockbuster, they start getting used to you. It's the same people. And so <laughs> you're, like, sharing in this world of, like, yeah. yeah. Where where is what where what's keeping this whole retail thing going? Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, I um, uh, I never worked uh, retail late or really at all, but um, I worked at the the bar nightclub in Duluth from uh, twenty twenty twelve to twenty fourteen. Uh, yeah, you know, and bars close at two in Minnesota, so you know we would like be up late, hang out. Sometimes we would, you know, go to Perkins uh, late. And the Duluth Perkins is not 24 hours. They kept, like, reducing. Like, they were they were 24 hours all the time. And then it was, like, just 24 hours on the weekends. Yep. And then it was, like, you know, to 2 a.m. And then midnight. It's just they kept, yeah, like, they're, uh, they've gone downhill. Yeah. Yeah. They're crap now. That's a bummer. If you ever... Um, Chris, if you ever come out to Minnesota, uh, we got to take you to, uh, Baker square. I was actually just there today. It's like, it's like even better than a Perkins, like actually like where it's not upcharged to the nth degree. Nice. Yeah. yeah I love, I love collecting fun places. This, this yeah. is part of my, part of my favorite. So you know, oh man, and and this is you know th- this is what's so cool, right? Is it like we all got in tuned to like this weird, and it's not really there anymore because so many places are online and everything else. There's not like this late night world, especially like during COVID, right? But you know the right. the the video store, movie theater, bar, you know what? Because there there was even a time around here because the place is closed so early. Um, private places could be open all night, which was a weird catch 22. So you could like leave the bar at two in the morning and then go to the Elks Lodge and it would be open all night. So it's like, all right, (laughs) it's getting a little weird, (laughs) but, um, that, that in my 21 plus years, which was post blockbuster, but you'd still run into a lot of people that were still doing those jobs would end up at the, you know, Moose Lodge or Elks Lodge at three in the morning. And I don't know. It's just something fun about it, like especially when you're younger and it's not like, oh, I'm I'm 65, still sitting in a bar by myself. It's like no, there's, there's like a lot of people hanging out together. Yeah. So um, let's see. Do you, do you have any like killer stories that pop into your head about that time, like a weird customer or you know something odd that happened in the store or just anything like that, Michael? Um. Nothing off the top of my head that was, you know, because again, it's been, you know, 16 years since I, since I've been there. So it's, it's a little, uh, little distance between the since I worked there. But I mean, you know, there was uh, lots. I mean, it seemed like actually the majority of the customers were regular repeat uh, customers that I would see, you know, every few days. So I mean, it was kind of nice having that regularity um, with. Uh, you know, at least at the store that I worked at, you know, there was just a lot of regulars. And um, so that made it kind of, you know, more fun, you know, help, you know, because then you'd know right away what the person would be looking for when they'd come in. And so, but yeah, no, fortunately I didn't have any like serious things. Like I, I, we were never um, held up or anything like that, fortunately. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good. I, I don't, I don't know if, um, 
God, I, I don't, Michael, I don't, there's a lot of episodes of this, but I talked to a guy one time, Stefan probably remembers this, where he worked in a store where the place got held up and someone got shot and killed. Oh my God, who was that? I, I don't and, remember this. Yeah, it's it's a while back. It was <sighs> early on in the show. I'd have to go back and, re- like, dig it up, but that blew me away because, like, you know, I definitely have talked to people or, like, have been held up. You know, and, you know, my store was broken into, you know, and we've had, you know, people pull knives and stuff, but no one ever got hurt, you know, but this guy was like, yeah, no, someone just got shot in the face, like right in front of him. And I was like, Jesus, like over what? And it was like over a late fee dispute. And it's like, what the, are you kidding me? Like, so, uh, but, but, you know, I, I try to err towards the fun stories. That's sad that that could actually happen. It scares me because I was 17 you know, I was started at this place, but, um, you know, I don't know. Like, did you ever, did you ever have those customers that for some reason would just come in at midnight, like five of, and want ice cream? Uh, yeah. Do you have any of this? uh, Well, ice cream, no, but, but, uh, yeah, we had a lot of, uh, customers come in, you know, at the very last minute, that was kind of regular to have. Yeah, they never wanted a movie. It was the last minute people were always like, I don't know if it was just that everywhere else closed down, but they'd always want like ice cream or like something really specific and weird that we didn't have a lot of, right. you know, and it'd be like, why, why did you come here? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it costs a lot more and, and, uh, yeah, it's just kind of a strange choice and see but again the thing with with my stores it was right next to a grocery store so um yeah, yeah see, they, our, our grocery store was like 9 p.m so that's that oh. yeah 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 and I, we, I couldn't you know, town. <laughs> it was mid to late 90s when we started getting walmarts and stuff like again all of our grocery chains and stuff were mom and pop and like our 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 mayors and people kept them out. Like I remember watching Christmas vacation in 1989 and seeing a Walmart and asking my family, what's a Walmart? They're like, Oh, you know, it's kind of like a riches or a cow. Do they, Hey, do they sell walls and stuff? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, I didn't like, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, that was in the movie because it's obvious, right? It's like a good product placement. And I had no freaking idea what it was. Oh, did you, did that, Reference go over your head. No, no, Chris. it didn't. Sorry, I was. Okay, gonna I was gonna say. No, 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 no. I love, I love that. Sorry. No. That um, uh, her documentary, uh, uh, on YouTube, it's a YouTube premium, uh, documentary. It's called This Is Paris. It's really interesting. Really. Surprisingly, yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um. Michael, do you remember, did your store have any, like, u- unique movies? The fun thing with Blockbusters is a lot of time they'd buy up other stores' inventories and stuff. And sometimes there'd be, like, you know, even though Blockbuster didn't sell, like, adult movies or NC-17 rated things, you'd find that they'd have, like, something, like, you know, a cool, like, unrated or extended cut of something. And you'd be like, how does Blockbuster have this? You know, in, in our store, it was, um, we had an, unrated extended cut of the wicker man which like i just love that movie not the nicholas cage one but the the original one and <laughs> it was just like we protected that thing with our lives like we we put the box out but kept the rental like behind the counter and it was like a you have to ask 
you know, because we're like, we need to preserve the wicker, man. <laughs> I don't know if you guys had anything funky like that that you remember. No, I mean, I, I don't remember, you know, us having anything, you know, you know, out of the ordinary. It was a pretty run-of-the-mill, you know, store. And, and, yeah, I mean, we had, you know, lots of customers come in, you know, where's the adult video section? <laughs> I'm like, no, we don't have one. You know, Blockbuster doesn't... Uh, doesn't do that, and but all the other chains though did. So that was kind of that was out of the ordinary on that topic though that they didn't carry them because Video Vision, uh, you know, Video Update, uh, and Mister Movies they all would carry you know have an adult section. So it was uh, since you brought that topic up, it was kind of, it was that was absolutely unique that they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And- I did and, like oh. blockbusters have told had the Skinamax stuff though because it was technically a rated R, and they did they did have um, <laughs> I remember the blockbuster in Duluth had an R rated version. I don't know how they could have made this R, but it was an R rated version of Have you heard of the adult film Pirates? Yes. Yeah, they had an R rated version of that. They had the R rated version too at our at our blockbuster. I don't know why it. it I mean, it was hilarious. I rented it because I was like, I got to see this fucking thing. Mm. It was hilarious. And, Michael, uh, Pirates is the, um, it was the most expensive adult film ever made at the time. It had a budget of, like, over a million dollars. It showed. Like, they actually spent money on it. They wanted it to look like a movie. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Fascinating. Well, the best kind of porn are ones that have, you know, somewhat of a plot to it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Uh, I've never heard of that one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's good to know. It was a knockoff of you know Pirates of the Caribbean when that craze was going on, and and Michael. Uh huh. Okay, something's kind of echoing in the background. Yeah, every once in a while I catch that yeah. too, then it goes away. So, Michael, uh, the the Wicker. So you've not heard of the Wicker Man, I assume, right? heard of it but haven't seen it oh you have heard of it okay yeah so the wicker man is the movie that midsummer paid a lot of homage to yes yeah oh i i forced michael to watch midsummer and he was like covering his eyes the whole time oh god <laughs> i watched i watched midsummer about a week ago again and just put myself through that uh, wonderful wonderful um tension and just despair that that movie that movie is a mental breakdown waiting to happen and I it's love it. it's great uh <laughs> the um uh i really wish that the director's cut was more readily available in the u.s yeah my I friend really do. my friend corinne who like uh oh, sorry agatha i apologize corinne changed her name agatha um saw the director's cut of midsummer when like they did like that one night when it played in theaters or something and just said <laughs> it was it was like existential, and she loved yeah. the original movie. Yeah, she goes, I, she goes, you just have no idea. She goes, it is just beauty. Mm-hmm. You can find you can find all the scenes uh, online. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have worked at a blockbuster during that gentleman's two films. I yeah. would love to have been like, oh, you love all the actors. You should really check out. Um, uh, God, what was his last movie called? My brain just went blank. Hereditary. You should really check out Hereditary. It's actors you like and have people come back and go, I hate you. And I'd be like, good job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
my father-in-law saw Hereditary and checked out when the kid's head got lopped off. He was just like, nope. <laughs> like, I, uh, I don't want to know where this is going after this. I showed my mom Midsummer. Um, it was uh, the, the following Thanksgiving after it came out. And she liked it. And like, yeah, do you want to see this Hereditary from the same director as Tony Collette? It's pretty, pretty fucked up. And she's like, sure. So there we go. I kind of, I want to show her, I've bought um, uh, Promising Young Woman. Have you seen that, Chris? I've heard, I've heard it's divisive, and I'm probably going to really like it. That it's amazing. Uh, I took Michael to it. I saw it twice in theaters. Um, yeah, it's, uh, for a movie that uh, is as unsettling as it is, it has very little actual sex and violence. Interesting. So it's, it's just it's so it's just so implied tone implication. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it's it's an unsettling film. Um, the ending is certainly divisive. Uh, I I really liked the ending. Cool. I can't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah. I it's, think it's on it's HBO great. Max from I think it's on one of those things. I saw it pop up on on something. I'll look it up right now. Um. So let's see. What else? So um. Did uh, so you said you know Michael that of course management was always a problem. Um, was there ever any like ridiculous corporate thing that like you guys just blatantly didn't do? Like I I remember like you know we we'd be like and maybe you don't know this at night but you know they'd be like oh you know the alphabetizing on the wall needs to be exactly so or you know um. I don't know if you ever read the Blockbuster Handbook, but even up until the point when they were closed, it was supposed to be straight, non-pleated khakis and shined black dress shoes that you were supposed to wear with the... And it's like, no one freaking wore the... What? Yes, no one. That was, you know, unfortunately, one of the the harsh realities of being at a corporate store is that they were very strict with the dress code unfortunately so yeah I, I remember you know being hounded about that uh can't work yeah, hard and I, yeah i'm gonna right. make you look like a thug what <laughs> <laughs> yes i but yeah so that was something that happened in our store we had to they were very picky about what we wore and how it looked and all that did you ever have to shrink wrap the pvts um, I didn't really, um, myself know. I mean, I, like I said, I, because I think, you know, when you're there less often than other people, they tend to just give you certain tasks. And so the people that were there more hours and, um, you know, and all that, they, they had to do kind of some more different tasks that they were expected because they were trained on them. And I, I, uh, I mostly was just, you know, uh, runner, you know, helping people find movies and, and cashier, and that was about the best parts of the job, man. Yeah, I, uh, we, I don't know if um if if you were aware, uh, but you know the the cover boxes that would come in before it was you know the DVD slips that were a lot easier to store. We'd break down all the cover boxes and put them in milk crates in the back, and someone would have to alpha alphabetize them. So we usually have like the new guy do that or whatever. And then every single movie that got broken down to be sold as a previously viewed had to be individually shrink wrapped. 
And I just remember sitting there for shifts on end going like you, we, we would go and steal a shopping cart from Shaw's to do the pull and fill right. it up with the movies. And you just sit there and with a never ending barrage of single use, single serve shrink wrapped. It's like, are you kidding me? Like they don't have like a way that we could like, like send this out to a place that would just wrap them all and send them back. It's like literally someone's time has to be, with a hairdryer shrink wrapping these damn movies. It's yes. hilarious. <laughs> Did your yeah. kids section somehow always smell like maple syrup and piss? Um, the maple syrup. I don't remember, but yeah, the urine was, uh, yeah, sometimes was prominent. Yes. We used to get the movies, the kids movies all smelled like maple syrup too. I don't get why it's maple syrup. I have two children and they don't smell like maple syrup. <laughs> do they, they? I mean, do they eat a lot of it? I mean, they eat things with it on it, but I mean, like the this seemed to be a constant. You know what I mean? Like it didn't matter who was returning it; it would just be filled with maple syrup. And it's like, what is going on here? Like, do the kids just like ooze it? Like, what, what is happening? <laughs> Are they like processing all of their sugars into a secretion of maple syrup? Like, what is going on here? Um, yeah. But, yeah did fun. you ever find anything weird in the store, like a bag of pot or you know a blood trail or <laughs> you know anything like that? Nice. No, no, oh yeah, nothing. that escalated quickly. You know, I mean, <laughs> obviously you'd find. You know, sometimes people would. Um, you know, it'd be funny you'd find a store, a movie from video update on our shelves. And like, what the heck's that doing here? <laughs> <laughs> funny. Something my mom would do. She would do something like that. You know I swear. I didn't, I, I, in all the years since I've worked there, didn't think about this. But, you know, we wouldn't stop people from renting if they had a movie they hadn't returned yet. You know, the system would say, remind them they have a movie at home. But, like, all you had to do to be able to rent another movie was just not come in. Eventually it would charge it out to me, right? But I, I, I was talking to some people in one of the fan groups, and people said, you know, the best part of going to Blockbuster on a Friday was having a movie that was two weeks overdue, walking into the store and putting it back on the shelf and then renting and then them finding it in inventory. And I'm like, yeah, but then you're gonna get charged even more for it, man. Like, what is like? Like, this was like a lot of people saying, "Yeah, I did that all the time." And it's like, you know that like it's gonna get charged to you. Like, I guess that was before they took credit cards in the accounts, so people didn't care. But, right, right. But wouldn't wouldn't your um your Blockbuster membership card track that too? It does, but what what it does like is like you know, say say you walked in to rent a new movie. And you put it in the Dropbox and we haven't checked it in yet. It'll tell you, it would tell you when it came up on the screen, Hey, remind them that, you know, uh, Goodwill hunting was due back two days ago, but it doesn't tell you, Oh, it's sitting in the Dropbox right now. So scan it. So they get charged. Right. So people would yeah. come in and like put it on the shelf somewhere and rent. And I guess what they were saying they would do is then come back in the store and then take it and put it in the Dropbox. And I'm like, why don't you just keep it in your car, rent the new movie and then drop it in the Dropbox and you leave. Like, why do you have to be so devious? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just funny. Yes. Um, the other thing with Blockbuster's terrible inventory system, now that you bring it up, is that the store's inventories weren't tied together. See, like, this seems like something that would have been a no-brainer and easy to do, say, in, like, 1995. 
Like I know in like the eighties, it was probably harder, but like grocery stores, other places have connected inventories. Like why couldn't I be able to tell someone from my computer what Lynn or another city had, but not only that, if you returned your movie to a different store, they couldn't check it in for you. Like we, we would have to go through the box and call, I've got this movie, check it in. I've got it to stop people from getting late fees, right? Because they, they dropped it off. They just dropped it off to the wrong store. Right. Um, and near the end, I think they started playing with that a little bit. Like, I think they they might have tied them. Um, they Because when they had the online rental thing, that was drop this at any store, and then you get a free rental in that store. So I think they were playing with the idea, and then they never did anything about it. Right, yeah. Well, that's... Oh, and there was a topic you brought up that I kind of, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, the topic of membership. So, you know, yes. if you go far enough back, that wasn't even a thing, you know, in the 80s. And I, I'm trying to remember when that started, where, you know, video stores brought up the idea of, of becoming members. And then therefore, you know, you would, um, it would it cost less for the rental and, I can't remember if it, what there was different perks that came with membership, but you know, back in the eighties and, and I can't remember when in the nineties, the, they all of a sudden started this membership thing. And I, it was, um, I just wasn't sure if you guys remember pre membership of video stores. I do. I mean, we, um, every mom and pop video store I ever went to, they required your telephone number not a not a credit card so like i could rent movies you know as a teenager no problem um as long as i you know said the phone number um yep i remember uh, that that's yeah i mean i thought the the blockbuster membership cards allowed you to rent you could rent in any blockbuster store right yes it was like a not like a library card because that's only at that one place but yeah it, it allowed you to rent anywhere anywhere in the world right yep which I remember. Cool. I remember that because we went. We were in uh, Florida visiting my grandma, and yeah, my mom rented uh, Mystery Men at that one. Which okay, as a kid, I didn't like that movie. I rewatched it with, I think yeah, I mean Kyle. Kyle and I rewatched it maybe about uh, eight years ago or something, and it really. It's it's aged really well, especially with you know the cinematic universes with everything. Yeah, I, I feel like it, that movie was oddly ahead of its time. Oh, it was so it was so ahead of its time. It's not even funny. Did you do you know who directed that? Uh, someone who did a lot of commercials. I know. I, that's all I know. Yep, it was the guy who did the Taco Bell dog commercials. That's the- right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Not to take anything away because those commercials were funny, but it's just like. <laughs> You're going to give this, and then I, I just, that movie, I really liked it. And, you know, the thing that I like the most about that movie is how, um, what's the word? I won't, innocent is the word that pops to my mind, but it, it's just like a, it's a very pure movie. You know, there's not a whole lot of negativity about it. It's just, it's a fun, like, just fun fantasy superhero silly movie that, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pop culture references and everything that only really work then in it, but there's something like transcendent about it where it's just like, you can watch this anytime and it's really goddamn funny. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just, I really like mystery men. 
what was it? Uh, um, Casanova Frankenstein. I I love how Jeffrey Rush just has so much goddamn fun. Like being a guy who can win Academy Awards and then be like, yeah, you know, I'm in a pirate movie and I play this guy called Casanova Frankenstein. It's it's fine. Right. Oh god, it's Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens was so good. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always remember the uh the one of my the favorite line is where it's like, Don't you get it? Lance Hunt wears glasses. Captain Amazing doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> so good. That's why he's they're not the same. Well what if he put them on but didn't really do it? We wouldn't be able to see. <laughs> I liked when Gene Garofalo, my father died in an accident. Really? Yeah, he fell down an elevator shaft <laughs> onto 35 bullets. <laughs> Jesus. And she has his skull in the bowling ball. Skull in the bowling ball. ball. I always remember um, I remember the music video for All Star. Yep. Which, that, that that's where that song originates, not in Shrek. A lot of people confuse that. It's Mystery yep. Men. And um, that's when Kyle and I saw Smash Mouth Live. It was at... Um, I would love to see Smash Mouth. It was, it was, it was cool. It was like a twenty dollar concert uh, outdoors. They do Duluth has a really big uh, marathon every year called Grandma's Marathon, uh-huh. and um, and that year the entertainment was Smash Mouth. I don't know how they nabbed them. Like one year they had Everclear, and um, it was twenty sixteen, and so that was uh, it was. Kyle didn't want to go in. I'm like, come on, it's twenty dollars. If you didn't don't have fun, I'll pay for you. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus, being was, outside listening to music. I mean, I'll I'll, cool. I'll I'll watch almost anything outside. You know, like yeah, music. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and Michael, I was I was going to uh, comment on when we talked about you know franchise stores. the The only franchise blockbuster that I remember was in um uh Bemidji. At least when all of the stores. When like when there was all the um, the corporate stores closed in early 2014, when they announced yep. that, yep, and uh, they had a list of like they called them zombie blockbusters, and um, the ones that were still open even though they all supposedly closed that because they were franchise stores, and the last one is obviously in Bend, Oregon, seven years later, uh, and so the last one in Minnesota was in Bemidji and. Chris, have you heard of Bemidji, Minnesota? No. Okay. If, the name's if, the name's hysterical and adorable. <laughs> it's um uh, if you've seen Fargo, that's oh yeah, they reference then I, it a lot. Okay, yep. there there you yep. go. Yeah, and uh, so they have a huge uh, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox statue there. It's really cool. That's uh, where that is. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's Bemidji, and. Yes. Oh, yeah. We had plenty of those. That's for sure. No, it's uh, especially again the the never ending fight over you know late fees and mm-hmm. I can't remember. You know, it's a blur right now. Did Blockbuster have? Did we have? Remember that in the eighties and nine and nineties there was that charge for not rewinding your film. Did yep. Blockbuster do that? <laughs> they did. <laughs> Most of the franchise stores continued it. Blockbuster did it for a short period of time, but the okay. franchises continued it. Oh, that that was always just the worst. And uh, I can yeah, still fact, hear the rewinding machines. The... Go ahead, sir. I can still hear the rewinding machines. 
I love that. I love that. Looking to see if the movie they just, you know, put in the box was rewound. And that wasn't like, you know, that was my, you know, favorite kind of mind numbing job to do it. It just kind of, you know, past time was do that, you know. All I got to say to that is superstar. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I saw that whole movie for the first time with Jess last year. Um, I've always kind of, you know, avoided a lot of SNL movies because I hear a lot of them are bad. Because they suck. Yeah. <laughs> There's gems every now and again. My sister and her friends did, like, the dance at an assembly when I was, when they were, you know, she was a popular senior and I was, like, a geeky freshman. I'm like, that's my sister! <laughs> I found Superstar enjoyable. I, oh, it, I it is. Yeah. But the whole unwinding, I, I don't... I don't think my fan. I mean, if we were charged, I, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> the late fee for the fee for not rewinding. Um, but how long would? But with that rewinder machine, how long would it take to rewind it? Oh, they were fast. Yeah. They, yeah they, what was it like? I forget. It was. I mean, it like in a normal rewinder, like in a normal VCR, would take what? I don't even remember anymore. It would take like, like five minutes. Slow. Or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. they did it in like four a minutes. Yeah. Yeah, they were fast. They were so fast. Did you, did either of you guys' household buy one for your house? Did you have no. one at home? We no, I, I, I don't know many people who did. If you did, it was like kind of the height of luxury. Yeah, we had one. I eventually got one because, you know, I, I had heard, and again, I don't even know if this is true because I'm not that techie, was that rewinding your tapes on your VCR ruined the heads of your VCR. Yes, it did. That's why we had yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know they were you know you could get them for fairly reasonable price at the end. I don't know how much rewinders cost at the beginning when they first. They were came expensive out. at the beginning. Yeah, so I I didn't have one then, but I did eventually get one once I heard the uh, the rumor because you know that's that's a pain you know, and then I would you know you could buy one of those tape head. The head cleaners that look like VCR tapes, those were the easiest, the best kind to get, you know, where you just put a VCR tape in there, you run it for, what was it, th- a minute or something, and it would clean your heads. It was, uh, yep. they were yep. convenient. Yep. As a matter of fact, I still have one in my collection because I still have VCRs on all my TVs. <laughs> I still have a couple VCRs in my house, but um, mm-hmm. what is it? Did you know Radio Shack as of 2013, which Radio Shack isn't a thing anymore, really, but um, they were still making VHS rewinders. They were the last company to be selling them and making. <laughs> that's really well, the, the last the last VCR sold in what 2016 or something was yep. manufactured. Yep, my my parents um um uh. Well, you know when I went through all their the VHS tapes that they have left, which they got rid of some of them. Without consulting me first, oh my god! I'm like, what are you doing? Um, so they that the player that they had, they had a DVD VHS combo when they were still in Duluth, and the the DVD component didn't work. So they got a Blu-ray upgrade, but the VCR part worked fine, at least since last summer. And then my brother-in-law, who's a, a tech person, uh tried it out and said it didn't work but the previous the previous owners of the house that they live in now left a dvd vcr combo so the dvd component doesn't work well but the vcr one does so i guess i'm, I'm telling them like hang hang on to that don't i'm like don't you know if it works and you have you have all those tapes hang on to it 
Right. Just yeah. because, you know, you you never know. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I was going to ask you, so do you know, um, do you have to use VCRs, you know, with any frequency or will they, st- I mean, because like the last, my, I have two out of my three, three VCRs, I, I've caught them like eating tapes and I'm like, are they, you know, they, they're pretty new, pretty, you know, unused v, uh, d- machines. Why on earth are they eating? No, I think, I think like anything with lots of mechanical whiz bangs and doohickeys, they, uh, they start breaking down due to lack of use. Um, yeah, that's good. But, okay. That's good to know. But I would, um, I would try to find a head clean tape and run it through it. Cause that'll, that'll uh, get everything kind of knocked back into place or it'll eat the head cleaning tape, but at least you lose that instead of your movie. You this know? is what I tried to do. <laughs> you know, I, I managed to salvage the head cleaning tape thing, but I'm like, you know, geez, Louise, I, I, I like having that as a backup option. You know, I mean, there's, I replaced a lot of my VHS tapes with DVD movies, but some, you know, I, I don't know what percentage, probably I'd say a third of all the movies I had for sure. I did not replace. I have, you know, big, uh, you know, Tupperware, you know, rubber made uh, containers yep, filled here. with my movies, you know, same here. Mm-hmm. and uh, I, I really would like to, you know, some of them are, are, you know, kind of rare movies that are hard to find, um, you know, to buy. And, and I really am frustrated that these, you know, two machines have eaten, you know, and, and the, the shame of it is what they ate were things that I recorded yeah, that's the word. Yeah, yeah. You know, because like some of them were, you know, I don't know if you guys had anyone who had one of these, but we used to have a VCR style um, camcorder. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah my my uh, we had one. My uh, mom had. We put it in my parents' room, and that was like their VCR. I could watch movies on it. Right. And so yeah. Right. Right. Right before my father passed away, we sent. He took home movies of basically mine and my brother and my sister's entire life up to the point when I was 16. He had videos of every holiday, every birthday, every all. It was amazing, the stuff he had. And um, we took it all and sent it out and had it converted to digital. And now we have it forever, and it's wonderful. Yeah, my my parents haven't done that yet. and They they weren't really ones to record very much you know really it's like you look at all these like you know tv you know the documentaries of people's lives and they're like and they have like all the recordings yeah jesus my family didn't do that we're we're fucked if i you know if i like commit a mass murder or something they make a document why am i bringing that (laughs) if there's a documentary made about my life for whatever reason it's like what are they gonna use jesus (laughs) that's how to do reenactments Yes, yes. <laughs> we'll be like Unsolved yeah. Mysteries. This will be the episode that will play, you know, this this is foreshadowing for, you know, when it's all over, like like the, like the Columbine High. Um, oh, that, that class photo will oh, pointing the go. When Stefan finally goes back and confronts the... Uh, <laughs> The canvassing lady. <laughs> this is the one. I, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. There was no part of this episode where he called her a bad name. Uh, we yeah. edited that. No, yeah. that. No. <laughs> the last episode. Yeah. Well, I, I am having an absolute blast, but it is very late. So I wanted to yes. give you guys a chance to do some shout outs or give some final thoughts. Uh, Michael, if there's anything in your brain that I haven't 
touched on yet, but I just love reminiscing about this stuff with people, and I, I'm so happy that you wanted to come on and do this. Yeah, no, it was, like I said, yeah, it's kind of cool because, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk or even remember the VCR days or, or the video store days, and it's like, you know, they were fond memories for me. I had just, you know, a blast, you know, um, I mean, every, like I said, every weekend as, you know, in junior high and high school and, and college, you know, that was, you know, a lot of times that was the thing we did. We'd all get, go to the video store and pick out several movies and we'd, we'd, you know, order dominoes and we'd watch, you know, movies for hours every Friday or Saturday night. And, uh, you know, so they're fond memories and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm, you know, it's, it's not just my generation either. Like, my mom and I, when I was over last time, we watched uh, The Last Blockbuster. And um, you saw the picture, Chris, right, where I found the yes. pack of my stuff that had the Blockbuster bag. Love and I told, my, I told my parents, I'm like, you, you throw out this bag, you're losing a finger. I'm like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't you dare. I don't care about this. I care about the bag more than the stuff in it. <laughs> the childhood mementos. Um, yeah, and, you know, my mom and I, we were reminiscing about, oh, you know, the, the video store times. And she, she was on the edge of her seat throughout that documentary with like, oh, my God, is there, is there licensing going to get renewed? Right. Like, what, what's gonna happen? I'm like, mom, they're still around today. It's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was. My heart, you know, skipped a beat when Sandy got the call. Um, oh yeah, no. And what what's funny is, um, I didn't know how that call went. I know that she got it, but like, I had been talking to her and Taylor, like you know, around the time when that went down, when she was like, "Oh, I'm, you know, we haven't gotten the call about getting renewed yet." So when I saw it in the movie, I'm like, "Has she been like gaslighting us all?" And like, we're gonna find out in this movie that they have to close. Like, I was literally sitting there, like, "Wait a minute, what?" Like, it was so wild. If if they lose the licensing, they should try to do because there's like those. Uh, there were at least two like fandom stores in Italy. Yeah. Have you heard of those stores? Yeah. And I don't know why they were still able to use the logo and the name. So but... Ken, Ken Tischer, I believe, has said that if, if they ever didn't get renewed with the licensing for the name, he would just change it back to Pacific Video. Sure. Um, you know, which would be which would be great. I mean, I don't I, I imagine the customer base, you know, everyone's still gonna say this is a blockbuster. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I I can't imagine Dish is ever gonna do that. I mean No, they have no reason to. It'd be, it'd be horrible PR. They have no reason. Horrible. The, this, right. this, it's not like the whatever it's costing them to license it. You know, what's Dish going to do? One in on more of the money? So, okay, then open some more stores. <laughs> you'll, you'll make a killing right now if you did. You don't open yeah. a bunch, but open a few, you know? Like the pop-up ones that they did for Deadpool 2. Um, right, uh, right. And oh my God, oh my God, yeah, the, the VHS tapes sold out uh poor poor shameem i feel i bad feel so bad yeah and I, I was him. i was super bummed too but oh. they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out though because oh, more like the lunch meat guys said you know they they licensed a small amount in 200 tape runs like they did one like three or four months ago and the one three or four months ago took like a day to sell out so the <laughs> fact that these ones sold out so quick is just a testament to how much press this movie is getting so it's awesome yeah, yeah, it's um, it's great. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad to have been a part of it. So, I know, um, 
that their licensing is renewed through at least 2022, right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah. okay. I, it's either once every two years or once every three years. I forget that they. It must be three because the yeah. movie was filmed in 2019. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, we we got to go out there by 2022, Chris. Just yep. like I said, yeah. I. I, before COVID hit, I was literally in like a saving money and planning stage and figuring okay. out what was going to ship me out. Mm. And then, <laughs> fuck, damn COVID. Um, yeah, I, I would love, I would love, like, you know, if you, I don't mean to, like, you know, like presumptuously invite myself with, but like the, um, uh, if you do do a work trip in LA, I've always wanted to do a West Coast uh, train trip from L.A. up, and I mean, we, we would have to stop in Portland, and then maybe Shamim could like drive us to Bend. It's like three oh, hours. Man. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to meet Shamim. He's oh, such a great guy. He's such a great guy. I, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, no, we. I, I would love to do something like that because I need to explore more of California in that yeah. area. Anyway, but um, yeah, dude, thank you guys both so much. For, for for one for always recording with me and for being being fans and supporting and helping me out with this and just thanks and uh, thank you all for listening and for making it a talkbuster night or day and be please be kind rewind and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>